Pride has many faces. It can take shape one way in a person and quite differently in another. And yet, when problems arise, we're often so quick to blame something else rather than pointing to pride as the root cause. Why is that? Well, on today's episode, we're going to be diving into James chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And we're going to be seeing the dangers of pride, but as a Christian, what we can do to overcome it. And the key is to remain humble. So get out your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1, and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. What's up, my friends? I want to welcome you guys to the podcast and so grateful to be with you guys once again as we continue our study here in the book of James. As always, you can check out standstrongministries.org and you can click on podcast. My notes are there. And also, if you love version, we have version plans that we've been privileged and blessed to be a part of through the years. So check that out as well with the other articles and books that I've written. All of those resources are available for you. So as we pick up here now in James chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because I don't want to just do these three verses and then jump into chapter chapter 12, verses 12 through 18 and start talking about temptation without really uh, pausing here and digesting the Jewish literature that is presented because this is really the basis of where James continues, where we left off, where he was talking about if you know, you're know you in trials to find it all joy, but when, when you are in a trial in verse five, that you're to ask God for wisdom and you're to ask in faith. You're not to doubt. You're not to be that double-minded person. And so then when you look at verses nine through 11, it kind of seems out of place. But before we look at these three verses, I do want to go back to what I was asking in the opening about why do we oftentimes overlook pride? I believe at the heart of it is because that's how deceiving, that's how deceitful pride is. Yes, pride comes in different shapes and sizes. It will look differently in my life than it will look in your life. Of course, there'll be a lot of commonalities. There'll be a lot of similarity. At the root of it, pride is about the person. And it can care less about God and, and the needs of other people. It up, you, you uplift yourself. You become superior when other people become inferior. Sometimes people are prideful because they have an insecurity. So again, it, it will look differently. But the point is, you guys, pride sometimes is very hard to detect. But Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we have to make sure that we are actually aware of this. And this is so important what James is going to be presenting in the opening of his letter that really, like I said, fulfills the rest of the task that he was, that, that he was given by the Holy Spirit to tell the scattered church. And, I, and I'm also reminded, and I'm going to read you guys this quote from C.S. Lewis. It comes from his famous book, Mere Christianity. Listen to what Lewis writes concerning pride. He says, quote, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. And I agree with C.S. Lewis in that assessment. Pride is the utmost evil, and we have to be able to call it out. And that's certainly 
what James does. James is now at this stage, like I said, it was when you were to be asking for wisdom. One of the things that we have to be cautious about is pride. Now, a wise person will not give in to pride. Matter of fact, we would say that a, a wise person, right, is not a boastful person. It, that it, it's a, it would be an, oxymor- an oxymoron to say that he's a very wise, arrogant person. You know, we wouldn't say that. Right now, you're probably thinking of people in your life who are very prideful. But before we, we start thinking about other people, we have to look at ourselves. I mean, I was, as I was preparing for this podcast and praying through it, I'm saying, Lord, I want to pursue humility. I don't want to pursue prideful, pers- I, you know, I don't want to have these prideful pursuits that are all about just Jason and my agenda and, ha- and wanting you just to bless what I feel that I deserve. I want to be able to meet the needs of other people in my life. So I, I hope and pray, my friends, that that's what, that would be your focus point. That will be, in essence, your prayer in this podcast right now as we look at scripture. So if you do have a Bible available, turn to James chapter one, listen to verses nine through 11. And again, the title for this is Pursuing Humility Over Prideful Pursuits. Verse nine, let the lowly, that means the humble, let the oppressed, let the poor brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away for the sun arises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Now this portion of scripture may seem again out of place, but I promise you it is not. One of the things we have to understand when we read that passage is that James is applying a measure which was very common in Jewish literature by putting forth a contrast. And what, he, what the contrast is, is the humble and the proud. And so what he does is in representation, again, not meaning that's exclusive and, and occurs at all times, but the rich person, you know, he's identifying as a prideful person, okay? Doesn't mean, again, all rich people are prideful. And all poor people are righteous. That's, but he's just using a comparison between the two. Humility and pride and poverty and wealth, okay? Another thing to understand in context and why this is not out of context based on what we're talking about with wisdom and then, and then in verses 12 through 18 talking about overcoming temptation. James, remember, in his letter, he's writing to an audience of Judean Jews who are driven out of their lands by the Roman general Pompey. And many of these farmers, they became landless as a result of it. Now, some of them who were able to keep some of their land, at some point, they were unable to pay their heavy taxes because of Herod the Great. They couldn't afford it. So sadly, the poor gets poor, right? The poor people get poor and the rich get even more rich. And that's what's happening. And so what James is doing here is he's using the poor man as an example, and the rich man to point out that God is no respecter of persons and that no one is above trials. And this is important. And, and again, we're going to touch on the, the language that he uses in nature to draw this out, which is very humbling. When we, when we see somebody, my friends, think about this. When we see somebody who has a lot, maybe they've, they've, they've gained some notoriety or they invented something or they be, they published something, they got famous 
for it, or you know a celebrity pastor of a huge following of people, whatever the case may be, or you see this politician and they're very well known uh, around the world, or you have a friend who has a beautiful lake house or a beautiful beach house, beautiful car, whatever the case may be, and we look at that, we're thinking, wow, man, what would it be like to have what these people have? And it's, and you obviously you get jealous and you could be, become very envious. But we, what, what James is talking about is not to look at these people as though their life is far better than yours. They will face trials. You will face trials. Okay. Now, you and I know this, especially speaking to people in America who've been very blessed with the freedoms that we have been blessed with to, to, to be able to have access to things that a lot of people in the world don't have access to, from, from clean water to just food galore at every corner. When you go out there in public, we are blessed with a lot. We can take it for granted. But in the midst of all the stuff comes greed and pride. Like, look what we've accomplished. Look what we've done. Now, those could be trials there. It could become very challenging for people to overcome, to give up, because we become so used to having certain things that we become complacent or apathetic or ungrateful. So those can be trials in and of themselves. Whereas people who are less fortunate, if you will, who don't have a lot of the stuff that, let's say, Americans have, they're very grateful for what they do have. And I hope that makes sense to you because that's kind of a mindset that James is having here by setting up these examples. And so when he's talking about, you know, poverty here, he's talking about thinking about the lowly Christian, the poor in spirit, remember that Jesus talked about in the Beatitudes, that despite them not having much, they can still rejoice because they have every spiritual blessing. So they're not just looking at their circumstances here on earth. They're looking at their life to come. And of course, on the flip side, you have these Christians who are very wealthy and very prideful, not all of them, but they can get so consumed in the ways of the world that they neglect their riches in heaven. And so he's saying the rich needs to, you know, they need to, they need to be humbled. The, the rich person needs to be brought low. They need to be humbled through the trials that they go through. They need to look to God not their wealth. So just like when he talks about that the flower, the grass, James is referencing nature here because he's saying, listen, remember, this is a second time he's pointing out the fleetingness, right, of wealth. He's pointing out how short life is, how fragile life is. One minute, you had nothing. The next minute, let's say you have something. And you know what? A minute later, you can lose it all. So you're, you're not to be so fixated on pursuing the things of this world to where you lose track of what's most important. And that is what James is trying to drive home here when he says, let the lowly, let the oppressed brother boast in his exaltation, meaning that you have glory to come. And the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of grass, so you have to be humbled by realizing, you know what? I didn't earn all this stuff on my own. This is a blessing from God. And in any given moment, I can lose that. I know the difference. And I've seen it firsthand in many of my friends, you guys, who know that what they have in life is a blessing from God. And yes, they're very successful. 
And I can look at a lot of them and look at the degrees and their education and their experience and, <clears throat> and their accomplishments. And a lot of them are very creative. They're, they're entrepreneurs who I've learned a ton from. And I, you can get sucked up into that and, and give them a lot of, of respect and credence and to where you can idolize them. And, and, you know, you're always trying to, you know, pick their brain about, you know, this or that. And, and there's a difference between people who fall for that. And, and it, it is about like, well, I did this and I accomplished this and I overcame this and I learned this and they write a book about it. And it's all about me, 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 me. Like I'm this awesome leader. Look what I become from ashes to glory type thing. And then there's that successful person who, when you ask them, hey, what's the trick? And they, and very respectfully, very humbly, they honor the Lord. They thank the Lord. They point back to the glory of God. And they realize that, you know, even though they have a lot of nice things, they have good investments, it seems like, you know, if they stop working today that they can live on their earnings for the rest of their life, but realize this is fleeting. Like the flower of the grass, the brevity of life, it's so fragile. And so this clear illusion that James is using here from Isaiah 46 through 8 is something that I'm reminded when you look at the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And so in these three short verses, this is in essence what James is getting at from what his half-brother said in Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. So when James is talking about the brevity of life through nature as a flower fades, the grass withers, Jesus said, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. They're saying the same thing. Where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Notice. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's what we have to be cautious in. If your heart is in the riches, that's where pride is. And we know that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God blesses the humble. And so in verse 11 here, for the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass as flowers falls, as beauty perishes. Again, he's echoing again Isaiah 40, verse 7, James is. Where the grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. That's what the prophet Isaiah said. And that's what James is pointing out here. We are nothing in the end. So it, hear me out, please. And this is something that I pray in my own life, that I don't build a ministry about me. But I have a voice. I have gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to honor Jesus Christ. Not to draw people unto me, but to draw people to the Lord. It's not about fame and fortune. It's about preaching the gospel to people who need to hear it and equipping children of God, just like you guys listening, that need to know God's word, to stand strong in the word of God. So James, he's painting this vivid illustration of the transitory nature of wealth by comparing it to withering vegetation under the hot conditions of the Israeli desert. Think about that. When you see something that's, that's gone bad in your home, you open the fridge and there's bad food there. It once was good. I remember going to, with my wife to a nice restaurant and I forgot the food in the back of a car. Next day, that, that around lunchtime, 
I opened the fridge looking for it. Asked my wife. She said, did you ever take it out of the car? Run down there. Of course, open the car. It stunk so bad. So this very expensive meal that I couldn't finish the night before, but it was really good, but I couldn't look, I couldn't wait to, to eat it the next day was spoiled. It smelled horrible. And it caused my car to stink for several days after that. But that's the point. Just like that. It's bad. And the Bible's telling us rich man will fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Poverty and wealth are repeated topics that James continues to talk about in James chapter one. He'll talk about it in verse 27. He'll bring it up again in chapter two, verses one through seven, and then verses 15 through 16, and then again in chapter five, verses one through six. So that's why we could not miss the point of what he's saying with this contrast between the rich and the poor, between poverty and wealth. At the heart of it, you have humility and you have pride. And we're not to be exalted in our pride, but ultimately, in God's economy, the, f- the first is last and last is first. It's not a matter of how many people serve you in this world, but, ma- it, but it matters how many people you serve. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's exactly where you and I need to be. And I hope that that is a, not just a, a great takeaway for you, but that it will transform your life. That the people who are poor in spirit, they're the ones who are, will be exalted because they ultimately have their eye on the eternal prize. They ultimately see that their life is in the hands of God. And whatever God has given them, they're content with. But for us who have, let's say, become so consumed by the wealth around us or by fame that we're brought down to be humble. And that has been a prayer in my life. I, and I encourage you guys to pray for me to be a servant of Christ, to be a servant of Christ, to be exalted in humility, not, in, not to be exalted in riches. So let's pursue humility, my friends. And then let's not pursue these type of, uh, of riches that can make us more prideful. And so if you're in, in life right now where your life right now is, is, is really consumed by pride where you're just so focused on achieving success. If I could just get this next client, if I could just get this deal, if I could just get this degree, if I could just whatever, fill in the blank. And you're trying to get God to bless it. Just be reminded of these words that James said, let the lowly, so that is let the humble, let the oppressed, let the poor brother or sister boast in his or her exaltation. Meaning, I am nothing without God. And whatever you have is a gift from the Lord. But if you're out there trying to exalt yourself in these riches or in this particular position, if I could just get this job, if I could just get this title, if I could just get, again, fill in the blank. Whatever that is, that idol that you've been worshiping, that you've been pursuing, confess it, get rid of it. And let's together, as children of God, let's pursue humility. So that will do uh, this podcast as we looked at James chapter one, verses nine through 11. If you've missed any previous podcast, you guys can always check out other uh, podcasts that we have that are archived, whatever, wherever you get your, your podcast from. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening. 
and keep standing strong in the Word of God.